Welcome back to Wedlocked and Loaded. Wed, wed, wedlocked and loaded. You women. Do not lump us all in one category. You know so you girls, so you girls. And lie and stress the truth. You and try girls. to get us jammed up. First of all, I'm a whole ass woman, right? Think about no that. No disrespect. Sounds like it to me. So why can't y'all, why, what is it with men that they just can't walk away? Walk away. Depends how good it is. You don't want to give that away. You don't want to give that away. Greetings, everyone. Another episode of Wedlocked and Loaded. I am Daniel Laurent. And I am Leah Nicole. And we are fortunate and honored to have the world-renowned personality, just, you know, intimacy expert, um, wellness expert, and we are going to dive into um, a lot of what do they say NSFW not so NS, <laughs> NSFW adult themed topics. So um, send your kitties to bed, and this is a special Valentine's Day edition. And so we would like to welcome Susan Bratton to Wedlocked and Loaded. Welcome to the show. Welcome, welcome. Hi, Leah. Hi, Daniel. It's so it is my pleasure to get to connect with you. Thank you so much for having me on your Valentine's Day show. I'm looking forward to diving into lots and lots of sexy stuff with you two tonight. <laughs> my goal, by the way, is to get you guys when you're all done with this to go up to that bed room and how's the hot set? Oh, yeah. So, let's see how we do. What do you think, Leah? I mean, does he have a chance? He does. He does. He does. Oh, good. (laughs) He's um, so cute. I would imagine he does. (laughs) So, before we, um, before we dive into the, to the pleasure zone, let's court each other a little bit. And, um, if you can tell the audience um, just a little about yourself and what do you do and what kind of got us to this point. Yeah, sure. Uh, So my name is Susan Bratton and I call myself an intimacy expert to millions. And what I have been doing for almost the last 20 years now, 18 years this year, is writing passionate lovemaking techniques and bedroom communication skills. And then what I realized as well is that if our if our parts don't work, that's a problem. So the third leg of a healthy sex life, uh, you know, a solid foundation is um, not the third leg like the one in the middle. (laughs) I just realized how that sounded. (laughs) I heard that. I caught it. The third leg is um, sexual wellness, intimate wellness, genital care, things like that, because, you know, All parts of our body tend to age, and so I I cover that as well. But I think what's really interesting, honestly, about my work is that I really focus on pleasure and communication. Mm -hmm. And I frankly don't think there are a lot of people in my particular area of expertise, which is mostly long-term monogamous partners having a really great sex life that keeps getting better the longer they're together and honestly if you are having a good sex life that keeps getting better you tend to stay together because Mm -hmm. other than you know choosing a, a partner who has some you know mental illnesses that are a problem or psychoses or what have you Generally, if the sex is really good and the money's not as great, you'll kind of work on that part because the sex is so good. So (laughs) what I like to do is I like to teach people how to transform having sex into making love. Mm -hmm. I like to teach orgasm skills and love-making techniques and oral pleasuring and touch techniques and fun things to do in the bedroom together because that's where I feel like there's lots of people who are willing to work on your sexual trauma or they're willing to get you guys talking about your issues or you know there's a lot of people in sexology therapy people dealing with like weird kinks or what have you but your basic mom and dad just wanting to have hot 
sex and how to do it really well. You know what, how to make mama happy, how to make daddy happy. That's kind of a jam right there. So that's what I do. (laughs) Now, what, um, what stripped you from the shame of talking about sex and intimacy? Because obviously there's stigmas with, you know, women and being a lady and having decorum and being private, keeping all that stuff to yourself and to your partner. Like what, what stripped you from that or what made you make that decision to say the hell with it? Well, a couple of things. Number one, practice, because I used to be shy and embarrassed about it when I first got into it. And Mm. so over time I became more courageous. The second thing is that when I was, even when I was a little kid, I was always the kid that would stand up for all the other little kids and say what needed to be said. I have this kind of like mama flock thing. And um, the third thing I think is that my husband of 32 years has always encouraged me and he's always protected me. And Mm. so I could say things that maybe a single woman couldn't say because she would get some unwanted attention, but I've always felt quite safe. So Mm. I think those are probably the three reasons why. Um, so my, my follow-up to that, Mm -hmm. what do you say to those, um, who say that women should keep their, uh, bedroom explorations to themselves and their partners, or they should, um, not speak about things publicly and, and, you know, do you have any kind of advice or, or, any mantra that you would say to to women that are being told these things? Um, Well, I guess if someone told me that I shouldn't say things, I'd be like, um, well, you do you and I'll do me. So I would, I would say that the more discourse we have about our sexuality in mixed company, especially so that men can understand women and women can understand men Hmm. would be more helpful. Where are we right now? It's not what we're doing is not working. So let's start talking about things and get it out on the table and raise the consciousness of everyone. So that's what I would say. Okay. So I have um, a follow-up. So do you feel, um, let me, I'll skip a little bit. How would you define a healthy sexual appetite versus being a nymphomaniac? Sure. Both are cool, by the way. (laughs) Well, I would say that you have to understand the difference between libido, desire, and arousal. And Mm. libido is your, your body's health. And how healthy you are is the other side of the same coin as your libido. I can tell when I'm tired. I don't, I don't really have an appetite for sex. I can tell when I'm well rested and I've been eating well and I'm, you know, doing well and there's nothing wrong with me that I'm much, I have much more actual um, appetite, sexual appetite. And I also know when I get full, when I've had, like this weekend, we had some really incredible sex. And my husband could have had really incredible sex the next day too. But I was full, you know, I was like, I'm good. Can we watch him? I saw, I found this ski movie. Can we watch a ski movie? (laughs) We ate in bed, watched a movie in bed instead, you know? And, um, The second thing is desire and desire is two things. First of all, it's how you feel about yourself and how you feel about your partner, not just in the bedroom, but outside the bedroom. So if you're a person who has, you know, uh, feelings of being unlovable or Uh, you have body image issues and you feel unattractive, that's going to impact your desire just as if your partner's doing something outside the bedroom. Like, man, you know, I wish you would at least like shower and shave and, you know, be better groomed for me. I mean, it's just, I can't be turned on when you walk around all day and like, ripped up clothes or whatever, you know, you're not turning me on. Like you have to do the things your partner needs to be desirable. And then 
the other piece of desire is this notion that there are some there's like spontaneous desire like oh baby i always want you basically you let me know when you want me and i will drop trout and let's go like it'll take me two seconds i'm ready i think or, that's me it's very typically the mask the masculine in the relationship because you have more testosterone you wake up if you're healthy you have nighttime erections you wake up with morning wood you know you're you're just ready to go and that's kind of a you know a lot of people who look at our sexuality through the ages um when the woman is in estrus the man has to be ready and so he's kind of born ready where for more commonly the woman has something called called um responsive desire instead of spontaneous desire and responsive desire is well if you you know hold me and hug me and you know tell me three things you love about me and the lighting is nice and i'm um, you know the room is warm and i'm connecting my heart with your heart and you're rubbing <clears throat> rubbing my back or my feet or kissing my cheeks i i start to get out of my head and into my body and i start to remember why i think you're so darn sexy and then all of a sudden i'm like yeah I, I I could make love or hey I'm not sure if I'm up for it but maybe you can give me a yoni massage yoni being a tantric love making word for the female genital system maybe if you give me a yoni massage and we make out a little bit I might I might be willing to go for it and I'll let you know I'll do the best I can let's give it a shot you know I gotta mm. wake her up and ask her if she's into <laughs> it or not today <laughs> and that's called responsive desire so if you think about that and then you think about how men are ready to go and women take about 20 minutes to get ready and you slow down and you don't think about like getting to intercourse super fast and you just take your time until she's like, oh my God, I want you inside me so much. Um, then that allows her arousal and her, you know, responsiveness to build. And that that makes makes it really good. And I have a program that I wrote called Revive Her Drive mm. for married men or men in long-term relationships whose wives keep turning them down for sex. And I say, if she never wanted you for sex don't get this program but if she just it just seems like she, you feel like she rejects you for sex here's the answer and the answer is that she's not ready for sex because she's not the spontaneous desire partner and so you're like hey baby do you want to have sex and she's like um no I do not. I want to watch a ski movie and have a glass of wine. <laughs> and <laughs> but if you say, "Hey baby, can I get you a glass of wine and give you a foot rub and you can tell me about your day and I'm going to light some candles." She's like, "Oh, well, I guess mm. the ski movie is not as good as a foot rub. Let's go." And so I think it's really about guys understanding and getting in their women's world and then knowing the art, the gentle art of seduction. And seduction's gotten a bad rap because it doesn't mean you manipulate her into having sex with you. What it means is you move her toward more pleasure. You get, you make her her small offers that she's like, okay, Chardonnay sounds good. Yeah, I like candles. Here's my feet. She's starting to say yes. And she's going to say yes to more and more as you go. And so for man. guys, they're already at the finish line and they just need to slow down, turn around and come back and get us. Now, is there, um, is there a time when um, the, the women become spontaneous and the men become responsive? Um, have every responsive once in a while. Together? Yeah, every once in a while, Leah. Um, a woman's like, I just need you to do me right now. I am horny. Mm -hmm. And I love those times. Oh my God, that's so nice. When my husband doesn't have to do all the heavy lifting. I really like that for him. <laughs> it hardly ever happens. <laughs> that's why he's got big muscles because he does the heavy lifting. Yeah, that's just how it goes. That's just how we 
we are. We didn't even think about it anymore. He used to be so pissed because he felt like I rejected him for sex all the time. And now mm. he's like, no, 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 this is just what I got to do. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I can relate because, you know, it's, uh, I'm, I'm, never mind. We'll, we'll talk offline. Um, <laughs> um, is there, I have a question that, that there was something uh, in the social, it was a viral video a while ago. And I wanted to get your take on it. So do you think that there's ever any benefit to sharing the amount of sexual partners um, that you've had previous to your partner currently? Your body count. (laughs) Yeah, Mm -hmm. your skeletons. Well, it's interesting because, um, so I've been married to my husband for 32 years. Wow. But we are polyamorous and we have been for the last oh, almost 20. So we, as half our marriage, we've had uh, an open relationship where over the years we've had uh, p- different partners, boyfriends and girlfriends. And so one of the things that I've had is I've had a, a number of boyfriends. And I'm generally heterosexual, but not exclusively. I have had girlfriends as well. And um, it's, it works really well for us. I don't recommend it for people because generally you have to be operating in a super honest, completely transparent way. You have to have very clear boundaries. You have to really know what you're doing. And, you know, I'm a sex expert. So I've learned these things and we've learned these things over the last 20 years. That's just a preamble to say that my current boyfriend has been with over 400 women. Oh, wow. Extremely handsome, very charming. The ladies friggin' love this guy. And he currently has two other girlfriends as well, and they are fluid bonded. So um, they've been, they've taken their STI test. They're screened in. They don't have sex with anybody but Carl. And so um, I don't, we don't have sex with them. He has sex with them and he has sex with me. And I'm fine with that. And I, I like to hear what they do and what their dates are like. And he tells them what we do. And it's, you know, they love, I talk to him on the phone and, you know, we have a good time. He'll call me when he's in bed the next morning with one of his girlfriends to say hi. So they'll just say hi to me. So that's nice and it works for us. But he said that when he'd been with 400 women and then he met me, that he'd never had sex like the sex I have with him. Really? And he was basically just brushing to intercourse and doing the same three or four things. And that was just what he thought sex was. Mm. He thought he was a fabulous lover. And he does have a lot of like innate kinesthetic skill and he's very romantic and he's got a lot, you know, he's clean as a whistle and smooth and, you know, he's got a lot of things that make him the kind of man a woman wants to have sex with. Mm -hmm. But And I'm sure none of those women that had sex with him thought he wasn't fantastic in bed because he has, you know, he was good, but he learned so many communication skills, ideas, Mm. sensual pleasuring strategies and things like that, that it really doesn't matter how high a person's body count is because it doesn't guarantee they're any better than someone with a low body count, number one. But it Hmm. does give you, high body counts give you experience and Mm -hmm. confidence and comfort. And so I think they're nice in that way. I remember that when, I remember that when my, uh, I was sitting with my mother and my best friend and body count came up. This was in my 20s and I was quite promiscuous in my 20s. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed my sexuality, how I always have. And um, my my best friend was like, well, how, how many, I think my mom said, well, how many people have you had sex with? And I said, mm, maybe six or seven. 
no, I think it was my, my best friend. She was like, well, how many people have you had sex with? And I said, mm, maybe six or seven. And my mom goes, more like 67. Right. <laughs> and that has been like a family joke. Like I've never hidden who I am from my family. Mm. I've always, you know, really been straight up about who I am. So even back then in my 20s, before I got into this business in my 40s, I still was always looking for really good sex. So I kind of think that people, as long as people aren't having sex with you and other people while they're having sex with you that you don't know about, because that's where it comes in. That's not fair. That's cheating. And that puts you at risk for sexually transmitted infections. But if you know exactly who your partners are sleeping with and they're all safely screened in and have had their STIs, what, who cares what body count is? Love is love and you should have as much of it as you feel good about. And you should never be embarrassed about that. That's joy and pleasure and connection and experience and opportunities. And you learn new things from everybody you've ever been with. Mm. So, so Susan, we are going to, so we're going to pivot for a second because I, from all the things that I was looking at, I wasn't aware of that. I wasn't aware of the poly part. That's okay. No, I mean, well, it's, <laughs> yeah. So because Leah and I, I you know, I've had, <clears throat> I've had several um, conversations because I'm fascinated by it. Right. Okay. And so I'll like have deep conversations about just the 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 thought process like what goes into it the psychology just all of it and so even talking to um couples that you know that that there's so many different dynamics and i think that people like to do broad strokes of what it is mm -hmm. right and i've always said to leah and i forgot exactly what we went back and forth about we had like a a pretty intense argument one day and I was saying that I feel like, you know, poly relationships are the most honest relationships. And what I mean by that is yeah. the ones that are truly doing it, I don't mean like pseudo and quasi. I mean, like, you know, there's different levels of you may not want to know all the intimate details of what the person is doing. You may just know that they are out on a date. Right. Yeah. But. Mm -hmm. What I have been talking to people and hearing about is that it's just, it's a very honest, open thing. And I think Leah was saying, I think what the argument came from is, I don't even remember. And I feel like you're a contrarian, so you're going to disagree anyway. Uh, absolutely, I'm going to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know her well. You know her well, Daniel. <laughs> I'm absolutely going to disagree because what you, you, you have it backwards. I was saying that it is total transparency when you are in a poly relationship. You are saying, no, they don't, they don't share everything. No, no I disagree. Because I have okay. the I have the field market research. Okay. You don't. Says you. Oh God. Anyway, um, and so even talking to some couples that um, you know that that you know swing together and there's different dynamics of of you know only playing together versus you know one person can do something and soft touching and just like all of this is very like fascinating to me mm -hmm. and I put this out when we're talking to the point where, you know, there's an assumption that Leah and I are in, you know, that, what is that? That Leah and I are swingers, right? Mm -hmm. um, but it's just my fascination that I keep, um, you know, forecasting that kind of does that, which I think Leah- well, I, I think I think also, it, well, so there's a few different things, right? And so it's, it's, it's the conversations, um, that sometimes we find ourselves in, whether we are um, sharing, you know, a particular story, whether it be about us or somebody else, or just people just have questions, right? I think, you know, we have, we've been together for quite some time. And like you said, you know, if it's not, a, if you don't have a healthy sex life, um, then, you know, you're, you're, you're bound to do be outside of your of your relationship and doing different things right mm -hmm. and I think a lot of times you know people are curious like hey you know how you know how, how 
how are how do you guys interact the way that you interact and like how do you keep it so fresh after so long mm-hmm. and and that's where i feel like that's where those questions come from mm-hmm. well I, I mean you know i think this, besides you yeah i think there's some other things too um so i wanted to ask um so this is this is an age old question um mm-hmm. <laughs> um does size really matter don't get quiet now it does to me oh i wasn't expecting <laughs> <laughs> okay okay yeah um and it does to me because i'm, a, I'm an almost six foot tall woman mm. and i have a voluminous vaginal area and um over the years i have also liked um deeper and deeper penetration and um i have become more and more okay i have become more and more um orgasmic from intercourse as i've learned Mm -hmm. how and tried more and so for me, I wouldn't necessarily want to be with a partner who was small in size because I'm used to a guy who's very well endowed. Right. But most women don't care. <laughs> it's mm. not very high at all on their list. What women want is a man who is well-groomed and who is emotionally available and connected with them who isn't up in their head trying to strategize and make themselves egoically feel better for giving her an orgasm or whatever like kind of in a performance mode Mm -hmm. that and they want someone who's fun and warm warm and you know kind that's what women are looking for so that being said, I also have helped, I don't know, 10,000 men understand that male enhancement or penis enlargement actually works when you use a penis pump, a vacuum erection device. And a vacuum erection device pulls blood into the penis. And when it does that, it expands the blood carrying capacity. And it slowly stretches all that tissue out and grows more tissue. And in addition to reversing the atrophy of aging, which we kind of touched on in the beginning of the conversation, Mm -hmm. it also actually enlarges a guy. So a guy that pumps two or three times a week for 10 months to a year can grow an overall penile volume by 20 to 25%. And then they can keep going if they keep going, or they can just maintain their game. I've written a book called The Pump Guide. It's at pumpingguide.com. And I recommend that any man over 40 has a penis pump and uses it at least once a week or so for one round of pumping, just to keep things from getting it shrinks over time as you age. Mm. And so just as you know how older people are smaller, they actually lose stature and lose muscle mass and they get wrinkly and they just get tinier. Well, everything's getting tiny. And so (laughs) that third leg ain't staying the same size. (laughs) So I really, and, and men get, they get that like progressive overload. Like if you're working on your muscle and you just keep taxing it, it gets bigger and firmer. It's the same with a penis. It's not with breasts. They don't operate the same way. You can't, there's no breast pumps for women with small breasts. But penis pumps are a thing and they work. Not all of them do. There's a lot of Chinese kind of crap on the market. That's not an FDA class two device. You have to have good things. That's why in the pumping guide, I recommend which pumps work and don't Mm -hmm. waste your time with the junk. But um, yeah, and I think just like women feel like you can never be too rich, 
men feel like you can never have a penis that's too big. They like that. And so I like to help guys know there's nothing wrong with wanting to be bigger if you want to, but do it for yourself because usually your partner is totally fine with what you have. And if she's not, you can fix it. <laughs> now. So, yeah, no. Well, go ahead. So, okay. So I have. I have another question, but I have a part B to what you just said. So, okay. Um, and I guess you just answered it, but I'll just say it anyway. Um, okay. Is there is there the downside to using it to the extent of possibly losing sensitivity? No, it actually improves sensitivity. Now, if a guy doesn't do it right, and he doesn't follow my directions and my protocol and he over pumps and he's like, I can take it. I can just do this and get it done twice as fast. I'm going to do it in five months he can do some damage to himself. Mm. So you have to resist your male inclination to like go nutty. Mm -hmm. Testosterone where you're like, I can take it, you know? And it's like, no, you dumb shit. You cannot. (laughs) 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 And guys are like, yep, that would have been me. So um, what I recommend is that it actually pumping to a protocol really it it definitely improves sensitivity because what's happening is it's bringing in blood flow and sensation loss happens to the female body and male body equally because what happens is that as you age if you're not doing literally doing exertion types of physical fitness So if you're not working out with high intensity interval training or like carrying sleds and big bags or running up hills and doing things like that, then what's happening is that you're just that thing that makes old people little, you're slowly atrophying. And the first thing that happens is your vascular system starts retracting. Mm -hmm. And that means then that the nerves don't get blood flow to them and they retract and that's what you lose the signal from your genitals to your brain because the nerves pulled back and you can't feel the sensation so Mm -hmm. if you're if you're one of those guys if you're the woman who's like god my my husband is like pumping away forever and it drives me crazy Mm -hmm. i'm like get that man a penis pump get him pumping because i call it hashtag self-care down there it's just it's just like going to the gym it's just you know there's leg day there's arm day and there's dick day and so (laughs) it is very important to keep that going if more women who liked having sex with their husbands Hmm. um were like maybe i got you this thing and i'm clearing out the space for you to get it done they'd have healthier penises now what, okay. If more women like to have sex with their husband, that's a that's an interesting. Um, so so there's pump, so, so there's pump. Don't cut me off. Leah, you are just re- you're not even. Yeah. So I did have a question in terms <laughs> Thank of you. yeah. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> in terms of um, so similar to Daniel's question, um, because we hear a lot of people saying, you know, an overuse of a vibrator for a woman will desensitize her. How true is that, um, if at all? Not true at all. As a matter of fact, one of the things that I just got back from LA and I was at a conference and I was speaking on the subject, my topic, here's how great my life is. My topic was called orgasmic cross training. And how when you go to the gym and you cross train where you do you know you do like you know flip some tires and do some ropes and then you move some weights and then you do some cardio or whatever it's that same kind of thing where you get stronger by doing different things and so Mm -hmm. basically if if you look at all of the different types of sex toys that are out there for the female body there are basically eight categories and the eight categories, they stimulate different parts of the vulva and vagina. And if you use a lot of different ones, you're actually activating different areas of pleasure. 
And what's great is that in your brain where you register the pleasure, you know how they say the brain's the biggest sex organ? You've heard that, right? I mean, we've kind of all heard that. Well, why? Why is it the biggest sex organ? It's because the genital to brain connection, what it's what the brain is actually doing is going, oh, that feels good. Oh, yeah, that feels, oh, no, no, not that. Oh, yeah, yeah, right there. You know, it's doing all that. It's telling you what feels good. And so when you essentially activate all these different areas, so you're doing your mons, your outer labia, your inner labia, the clitoral hood, the clitoral tip, the clitoral shaft, the clitoral arms, the clitoral legs, the vestibule, the vaginal opening inside the vagina, the G spot, the A spot, the P spot, the cervix, the perineal sponge, and the anus and rectum, and your breasts and nipples, and your lips and mouth, and your neck and throat, like they're all, you can give a person an orgasm by stroking their feet. I mean, a bellygasm, a corgasm, there's lots of kinds of orgasms. Hmm. So even just using different kinds of vibrators, I always say, start with whatever sounds good. You know, maybe an air stimulator like the rose or, you know, a clit sucker basically. And then add in your wand and add in your g-spot tool and you know you've got these different things use them all because what you're actually doing is you're activating the mind body connection and expanding your orgasmic potential the debt the only time that you kind of wear yourself out is when you just temporarily give yourself too much stimulation for the moment and you just need to take a break and let your nervous system reset mm-hmm. and then you can start again. So, oh no, it's just the opposite. Um, I really think having as many vibrators as possible, of all, get one of every eight kinds. And for oh men, it's God. four kinds. Susan, you, I mean, yeah. oh, my, oh God. Okay. You, I mean, <laughs> I what, Daniel? Uh, yeah. You don't, you don't know what I have to, it, it's hard to, yeah, Leah has, yeah, it's a lot going on, but I, I, I've, I've been on. basically making an argument of you got to relax. You got to just, you know what I mean? And it's, it's like, it, it's like she's going to war. She has AK-47, she has some grenades, she has a blah, 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 you know, the rose has ruined a lot of, you know. Anyway, I digress. It's and ruined what? Nothing. Yeah. No, nothing at all. Um, th- yeah. Now I'm. I'm. Con- yeah. I'm just combining. I like. In- I like integrating sex toys into mm-hmm. my lovemaking with my partner. A lot of times, one of what I find is that we'll like maybe start out kissing, and then maybe I'll be like stroking him while he's playing with my boobs, and then he'll give me a yoni massage and lately he's been giving me a yoni massage with a couple of my vibrators where he's just kind of like using them on me and getting all the engorgement all the blood flow to my genitals so it kind of gets plumped up and I get my lady boner and then maybe we'll do like 69 or I'll go down on him and then you know maybe we'll have intercourse for a while and then I'll need to take a break and then sometimes I just want him to hold me and play with my boobs while I use a vibrator on myself and give myself a couple more orgasms. And then sometimes I feel like doing some more stuff with him and sometimes I'm done, but I almost always want a couple of orgasms at the end when he's done, I still got a few more in me. I need to squeeze on out. And so I love toys for that. So I, and does my husband think he doesn't do a good job? Oh, hell no. He thinks he does a fantastic job, even though I still have some left. Um, right. that, I think that's a nice way to go is like just when, and, and I like to uh, have intercourse while I'm holding a vibrator on my clitoral structure. Um, you know, I just, I like it all. It, it's all good. You got to add it all in. So I agree. I bet you do. So quick, quick question, right? And it's, we, we're going <laughs> to, Yeah. This this is gonna be a very interesting rest of the night. Um, oh, and, and, you and, want it to be. Well, you know, and let's be clear because there, 
we've had we've had some conversations on the show regarding this, and I think that um, there are a lot of there are a lot of guys that are very um, maybe they're privately different, but they're very like openly prude, right? And they they feel a way about their woman using toys, and like they're yeah. they're just not into that, and they kind of associate it maybe with you know failure. Um, well, you know what? I guess, yeah, I guess so. Ego. I mean, I was going to failure ego. I think some of it, depending on what it is, gets, gets lumped into, um, homosexuality, but it's completely not because that has nothing to do with anything. Right. But I think that, um, the more, and we've talked about this, the more open in communicating you can be and explorative, you know, and if something's not your bag and you tried it, no problem. Three times. <laughs> That's right, Susan. What I say is three for the strike. Yeah, three for <laughs> exactly. the strike. Exactly. So, Agreed. so I have I have a quick question before I ask something else, um, because this kind of hits home a little bit because someone is very, um, you know, she she she's an only child from her mom, right, and so she's just not used to sharing. Um, and so where I'm going with this is as she's looking at me, um, and she's about to give you away, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Um, so, <laughs> so what do you, um, what are your feelings on, uh, giving oral until completion and not just using it as a form of for play, for intercourse? Mm -hmm. um, women dependent. Some women love that. Other women, it's too much for them. And they don't want to go so long doing it. They feel like it's very tiring and their mouth gets tired and um, that kind of thing. Other women, they just love it so much. And um, some women, they have to kind of be in the mood for it. So it's all over the map. And most of the time, the thing that it was funny, just today I was looking at, um, we have, I've written like 44 books and programs. And I was looking at um, all of our data from last year and what our top selling products were. And I have a product that I've published called The Blow Job Secret. And, this, and the secret is that most people don't know that giving oral, which is called fellatio, is orgasmic to the giver, not just the receiver. And guys really buy that book for me to try to get their wife to give them a blowjob. And they're not aware that she can get off going down mm. on him. And so once he understands that it can get her off, then it makes him feel a lot less needy and asking for something that, you know, it's like my husband always says, I don't know why they call it a blow job. Why don't we call it a blow vacation? Like it's not <laughs> supposed to be work. It's supposed to be fun. Yeah. It's like homework versus home play, you know? And here's how I give blow jobs. I give blow jobs more to get myself off than anything. One of the things I don't like is what I call performative sex. Mm. I don't like that con generally, like, I mean, you know, sometimes I'll do something just to, you know, make them go crazy and tantalize them. And you know, like my husband loves me in the slutty lingerie and the stripper shoes. And for me, I'm all like, this shit's scratchy. You know, it <laughs> 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 doesn't do that thing for me. It doesn't make me like a baby. You're making me so horny. It doesn't do any of that for me. I do it for him. And so sometimes when I do things, I'm doing it directly for him, but generally, when I go down on him, I'm doing it because I want to do it. So I take my time and I let my juices run and I take breaks when I need to. And I change up my, you know, positions when my knees get tired or whatever it is. And I just, I'm in no hurry because I'm actually doing what 
I want that's turning me on. And I love that. So I think that if women had more of an approach to, oh, wow, I could get off on this. Well, shit, how come nobody told me that sooner? A lot more women would be interested in doing it. And uh, so I think one of the things that I like the most is that The Blowjob Secret is really a book for empowering women to their pleasure that the that their male-bodied partner gets the joy of experiencing mm. well that makes sense um i mean i don't know why you're looking at me amen sister yeah hey. i don't know why you're looking at me i think so here's the thing right um what i explain you know so he's trying to call me selfish that's and, what it is and it's not i mean right because i explained to you right like i I enjoy being with you in all the ways, right? And so if I am performing fellatio on you, my lady part starts getting a little bit jealous. Selfish. It's not not selfish. It's meaning that I am being turned on and now like, you know, that other part of me wants some more attention. You have to wait. No, because- What about 69? Yeah. And so that's- Susan for president. So that's fine. <laughs> Hell yeah. Please just vote him, not Trump. <laughs> Fucking A. <laughs> so there's nothing wrong with 69 by no means, right? Um, but I think that at that point for myself, I am so turned on that I, I just want intercourse. Right? And then the other part of me is like, damn, if I don't hurry up and get up on it, like he's gonna blow his load and then i'm gonna either have to wait or self-please and at this point i don't want to have to self-please and i damn sure don't want to wait susan basically what mm-hmm. she's saying in a very long mm-hmm. form is selfish it's not selfish it's it's, it's exactly what, what susan said oh, right boy. i am now turned on by performing on you and so mm-hmm. i want my turn and um, you want rep- oral or you want intercourse i want intercourse Mm-hmm. I want at that point I want intercourse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about what about if, if Daniel can um, give you some orgasms from intercourse, and then you could go back to going down on him? Um, sometimes that happens. Oh, Leah. Sometimes that happens, and sometimes you get a little too excited and you stay. Oh my God. Uh, I don't even know if you're being truthful. Are you I think, being truthful? Well, I think my mind's going in a bunch of different places, and I'm yeah. actually... You're I'm, not even focused. No, I'm not. I, I know. No, I'm not. One of the I, things that I really like is something I call my dope flow sex date. And mm. essentially what that is, is a lot of people think there's this like linear progression, and it comes from what I would consider to be a religious patriarchal view of sex, which is that there's foreplay and then there's sex and sex is intercourse because you're only supposed to have, you're you're supposed to make more babies for the church. So you can give us more money. Like basically, you know, a lot of religions gotten really screwed up because of sex, because it's a way to control people. You don't mm-hmm. want all these people having all these orgasms and having all this hot sex together because they ain't going to come to church. They're going to stay home and have a dope flow sex date, right? If it's not good for them, if they're not enjoying themselves. Mm. And so this notion that, okay, first we're going to make out and then I'm going to grab the boob and then we're going to stick it in. And, you know, like that's what sex is. My dope flow sex date is oh my god we're hot for each other we're ready to do a whole bunch of things but let's just do a whole bunch of things in different orders every time whatever we feel like in the moment oh yeah i i want to go down on you okay that sounds great i'm gonna get on my pillow because i'm a pillow princess you go down on me and then that's got me turned on and i want to go down on you and i'm gonna do that and then i can't wait to have you inside me so i'm gonna jump on you and ride you but I'm not ready to come yet for you to come yet. So now I want you to do something else for me. I want to use my vibrator while you play with my boobs. Then I want to do whatever, whatever, whatever. Let's do some 69. And so I think if couples kind of stopped this, here's the way the train leaves the station and this is what Mm -hmm. we always do and just 
is more active. Like that's a very active sexual session. You're yeah. up, you're down, you're doggy, you're doing this, you're doing cowgirl, you're doing, you know, 69, you're doing all these different things. And that's a lot of fun. Yeah. And you can come and come and come. And then when the male partner learns how to become a multi-orgasmic man, when he learns how to have as much stamina as he needs, that he doesn't have to ejaculate to have an orgasm. He just learns how to have full body energy orgasms and then ejaculate at the end if he wants to or not, because he's good either way. And you just had sex for two or three hours and he never ejaculated, but he had a fabulous time and he has he doesn't harbor any resentment at all. He's like, babe, I'll just, you know, masturbate tomorrow if I need to or whatever. Don't even worry about it. I liked having sex for a couple of hours. That was good for me. I had tons of pleasure. Then that takes the pressure off. Yeah. Now I have a, so really quickly. So what you just said, and so I'm going to, I'm going to ask a question in real time to Leah. So if that Mm -hmm. was to happen and I didn't, would you not feel a way and feel that you personally didn't do something if I didn't? Um, you know, I'm going to say I would not feel a way. I'm going to say I wouldn't feel a way. Hmm. Well, well, I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it. I'm going to report back to you, Susan. So Yeah. As long as you assure her that you aren't sad, that you're good, and you are happy, she'll be happy. Okay. So we're going to... So, so the selfish part of me is going to say, as long as I got mine, I don't oh care. Oh, my God, Leah. Not- <laughs> <laughs> right, so, so, you knew that was coming. So, you knew that was coming. <laughs> so, just, so, so there's a couple of other things. And just for the sake, I want to be mindful of time. Oh, yeah. Um, yep. Do I have you? Well, I mean, it doesn't sound right. Do we have you for a few more minutes or do you have like a hard stop? A few stop? more minutes, but I got to go feed my family tonight. So, oh, and I got to okay. start from scratch. Okay. Know so what, I'm making? what are you making? <laughs> I'm making cheesy grits and um, Brussels sprouts with bacon crumbles. And I have some leftover tri-tip. I'm going to slice up with some barbecue sauce. Oh, man. Oh, wow. You guys coming over for dinner too now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So we, um, okay. So I'm going to amend some of the, some of these things, but something that I think is really important. I wanted to ask you, mm-hmm. how is the attention that you get from men, um, us being visual creatures, as you are talking about one of our favorite things and you're mm-hmm. speaking from more of a clinical space. Um, but I would assume that there are those who connect, you know, what you're speaking of to porn and desire and lust and the fantasies and all those things. And so is there attention that you're getting that's unwarranted and um, uncomfortable at times? Like, how do you, how do you deal with that? Or is that not a reality for you? I'll tell you that generally I have, interestingly, I have kind of different clusters of types of fans. I have um, as many female fans as male fans. Hmm. And um, female fans, are always super appropriate with me and I never have anything inappropriate happen with women. And one of the things that I appreciate is that all my fans, when they email me or DM me or what have you, they, they really will pour their heart out and they will ask me the things that they can't ask anyone else in the world. And so I feel like I have, um, um, like a beautiful trust and a respect with people, I get so much kind, respect and vulnerability. Mm. So whatever I'm doing, I'm doing right in that way. The other thing is that I also, because I talk a lot about male enhancement, I get a lot of dick pics. And I I say to guys, I'm happy to look at your dick pics and give you, you know, my advice about what would work best with the vacuum device and different things you can do. And yes, you can tell me about everything. It's no problem, but don't send them to me on Instagram because I don't want my account to get ruined. And they know, AI knows what a dick pic looks like. And so they have to get on my email newsletter and reply to me there or send it to my free OnlyFans. So I 
also, in addition to an Instagram and a threads and a YouTube channel and my own websites and my own newsletter, my sex tips newsletter, I also have OnlyFans and I have a free and I have a paid membership. And my free membership is mostly just like sexy photo sets of me because I like to do sexy photo shoots. And guys want those pictures of me. They love me and they want those sexy pictures of me. I have like posters and towels and notebooks and all kinds of merch as well. And then in my, in my, private OnlyFans, my paid OnlyFans, I post, and I don't actually post it myself, um, but I, but I post um, videos of me having sex with my partners. And when I do, I write what we're doing so that the guys can understand what it is that they're seeing, because it doesn't look like porn. It mm. looks like passionate lovemaking. It's hot, but it's not what they're used to seeing. Mm -hmm. And those guys that are in my membership, there's a couple hundred of them. It's not huge, but it's growing all the time. And they are my biggest fans. They are so nice to me. They love the video I post. They really appreciate it. And I've always said that, you know, I'm not a therapist. I don't sit with couples and deal with their stuff. I write sex techniques. That's what I do. I teach people how to have hot sex. And so I feel like, why shouldn't I walk the walk? Plus, I'm 62. And I think it is very important to represent ageless sexuality. Do I have some cellulite? Do my boobs sag? Yeah, they do. Who cares? I'm still hot as hell at 62. And I am walking my talk. So I feel like I meet people wherever they are, in whatever way they want to connect with me. And that I'm, I am all those things. And I don't mind being all those things out in uh you know a quasi-public environment it's fine with me wow so yeah what what well i'm so yeah. i'm being mindful of time and my mind is like i have a i have a million <laughs> i'll come back so, I, I, so um did you did you have all right so um all right so one question but two parts and then there was a submitted question that i wanted to ask you or we wanted to ask you so can you tell us about Gaines Wave and Femi Wave? Sure. Um, so the audience can be aware of that and so they can just be knowledgeable of it. Yeah. So Gaines Wave, I'm a I am a company, I'm a paid company spokesperson for Gaines Wave and Femi Wave. And I went to them, this is long before there was like influencer things and everybody was hawking their stuff on Instagram. Mm -hmm. I somehow found out about Gainswave and my husband had Gainswave treatments. He's 60 and they were miraculous. Oh, I know my girlfriend told me about it. <clears throat> she mm. was doing O shots and P shots, which is these PRP injections, which I don't recommend that so much anymore. I think that exosomes and stem cells are now a newer technology that works without inflammation and works a little bit better. Those are like very expensive things. Gainswave works beautifully with penis pumps and so does Femiwave works incredibly for the vulva. And basically what it does is it's, it's, you go to this, you go to a Gainswave or a Femiwave doctor. They do these treatments where they rub this wand on your vulva or your penis. And it stimulates, it does tiny little micro damage, very similar to that, you know, building the bicep thing we were talking about earlier. Mm -hmm. And when it does that, your body comes in with growth and healing factors and heals it all up mm -hmm. and makes it better, builds, builds it up again. And so Gainswave and Femiwave are for people who have erectile dysfunction, people who are not as firm as they used to be, mm -hmm. 
It is safe. The only people that have had it that sometimes it doesn't work for are people in advanced stages of diabetes or mm. cardiovascular disease because your penis is a very, very direct, you know, output of your overall health. So if you have bad health, there's only so much anybody can do. But Gainswave is highly effective treatments that you can have every few years to keep what I like to call a banging boner going your whole life long. <laughs> because I personally want to have great sex till the day I die. And I don't want to die until I hit over 100 if I can do it. I'm trying to work on my longevity with my exercise and my nutrition, etc. So um, Gainswave and Femi, and FemiWave is fantastic for me because I tend to have a little urinary incontinence. And it's not only reversed the atrophy where I was starting to get a little desensitization, sensation loss, and a little trouble getting to my orgasms. Now they're so good, but I don't pee my pants on the way to the bathroom anymore. So that's nice. And so it mm. also keeps the labia nice and plump, which is very nice too. It keeps it kind of youthful looking down there. So that's a wonderful company with great doctors. They do a really good job and it's available mostly just in the U.S. I love nice. that. Okay, last question. Speaking of yeah. incontinence and, and urination, yeah. um, let's define squirting. What is squirting? Oh, sure. Well, that's a whole show in and of itself. But <laughs> <laughs> essentially, female ejaculation is what it's called. Porn uses the word squirting. Mm -hmm. And just, you know how men both urinate and ejaculate out of their penis? Mm -hmm. Well, women, so there's the urethral canal comes down through their penis. And so there's a little muscle at their bladder that will close off and the ejaculate can come out from the prostate instead of the urine coming out from the bladder. The urethra, urethra actually goes right through the prostate itself. And women have exactly the same system. We have a bladder and we have a urethra that comes out if you open our, our little labia, that's called the vestibule inside there. And that's where the clit's at the top. And then the urethral exit where the peepee -pee comes out. And then the vaginal opening. And then below that is the anus. And so where the peepee -pee comes out, fluid also comes out of there. That's our ejaculate. It's very similar to prostatic fluid. And the way that it happens is that we get turned on and blood flows down into our pelvic bowl. And if we have a contraction, it'll emit fluid from where our pee, pee comes out. And it's not urine. It doesn't smell like urine. It's an entirely separate substance of our ejaculate. It's not milky like seminal fluid. It's more watery. And many women, like mine kind of smells like hay, light hay. Um, it has a different odor and you can, you can know it's not pee because like, do you guys, does your, does your pee smell when you eat asparagus? Yes. I don't feel like mine, mine does either. too. Yeah. Yours doesn't. Like, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't it's know. a genetic I, thing. Some people okay. have the genetic snip and some people don't. So it sounds like Daniel, you don't, but Leah and I do. And uh, so when we ejaculate, if we ate, if we ate asparagus for dinner and then we ejaculated, if we had a squirt session, it wouldn't smell like asparagus because it's not from our urine. So um, female ejaculation is a beautiful experience. And if you go to femaleliquidorgasm.com, there is a guide there called the truths and myths about female ejaculation that will um, answer a lot more questions than we have time for now. Oh my God. Okay. What, what is Perfect. that site? Can you say it one more time? Yeah. Female liquid orgasm. Oh my God. That sounds like so tasty. Jesus. Okay. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay. All right. He wants, so he like... wants to drink your squirt, Leah. <laughs> Susan said it, not me. So, okay. So that's very <laughs> common. <laughs> All right. So we absolutely have to have a part two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. <laughs> um, but can you um 
so this is a very special Valentine's Day episode, and I think it was so informative. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important Good. to have these conversations about sex and intimacy in an adult way and not just kind of being juvenile as I can be sometimes, but you know, um, (laughs) but I think it's important to have this in a way where it's palatable and people can, um, you know, stomach it and digest it. No pun intended. Um, so can you please give any, um, information that you want to share, like in closing to the listeners and yeah. Sure. Well, thank you both so much for having me on and happy Valentine's Day. Um, And it would be my pleasure to come back. And um, my name is Susan Bratton. You can find me on Instagram at my name. It's B-R-A-T-T-O-N, Susan Bratton. And if you want to get on my sex tips newsletter, I answer, if, if you get one of my emails and you reply to it, and you can ask me anything, anytime, and I will give you an answer. Um, that's at betterlover.com. You can sign up there. So those are two good places to get me. Everything's under my name, Susan Bratton. You can always find me that way. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. I have a million <laughs> things, and I'm literally like, you know, putting a muzzle over myself to not ask what I want. Well, you so. guys got to get to the bedroom. Yeah. Well, she has to feed me. What? Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. I don't want her to be fresh. Any? (laughs) You caught that. Okay. So thank you so so much, and it was a pleasure. And we will absolutely um, circle back and do another edition. And we are honored um, that you were joining us. Yeah. You know, for this episode. It's my pleasure. All right. Happy Valentine's Day. Love to you both. Bye bye. Okay. Bye. We're locked and loaded. Well, well, we're locked and loaded.